0: And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, bishop of the called churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, By now, you're probably in the throes of getting ready for the Christmas holidays in spite of all the inflation and all of the, the COVID warnings and lockdowns and masks and mandates. I'm sure your mind is probably right now on one week from tomorrow, we will be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all that goes into that. And ask, don't well, don't ask me. Don't ask me how much of that have I done so far? How much of the, the usual shopping and, pre- and preparation have I done so far? Um, I, I'd, be, I'd be embarrassed to tell you. In fact, it really has become kind of a tradition with me that it's not until it's not until the last minute that the shopping and all of that kind of stuff that needs to be done gets done. But I, I'll tell you what it does cause me, of course, to reflect a lot throughout the season on the birth of Jesus Christ, because that's ultimately what it's all about, right? I mean, the rest really is window dressing. And I know it's a lot of fun for people and and people enjoy it, and it's especially for children, you know, because we buy children's gifts. I, I I can remember when I figured out, by the way, folks, that there was no Santa Claus. I can remember it. I was about five years old, Uh, maybe six but I think about five maybe even four and of course I was living in foster care at the time and it was just a little shotgun house with two bedrooms at the top of the stairs you get to the top of the stairs you turn left to go into one bedroom you turn right to go into the other and that was it there was no hallway no nothing it was just that was it and I was sleeping in one of those rooms uh, on Christmas Eve, and of course, was having a hard time sleeping as children do because you're wondering what what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And I heard this movement, this noise, this kind of stuff going on downstairs, and I just couldn't I couldn't stand it. So I went to the to the top of the stairs, walked over to 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 the top of the stairs, and peered down. And if you were, if when you entered the house, you only probably had ten steps to get to that stairway that went up to the two bedrooms. So when you walked through the front door, if you were going into the the dining room or the kitchen, um, you didn't have to walk very far. And so I could see people moving through my foster parents, and I might have seen somebody else, I'm not sure, but they had gifts and they had boxes, and you know. It hit me then, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the jolly old elf to come flying in and land on the roof, and I'm waiting to hear the hoofs of reindeer, you know, beating on the roof, and I look down, and it, it, here's human beings, and so I don't know whether it was precocious of me or what, but I figured out at that point, oh, that's, so this is the way it works, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> But then, folks, that didn't take the fun out of it. It still was enjoyable, and uh, and it still, I think, uh, creates a lot of joy in the hearts of children. I just think I think it's also important to let children know, you know, what the real reason for the season is and who the season is really all about, um, so that they don't get confused about what the what the ultimate point is and who the ultimate person is. Uh, but of course each parent can deal with that as you see fit but it it is a wonderful joyous season especially when you know what the season is really all about. I'll tell you there are a lot of people right now I just uh, just talked to um, someone uh, that uh, I won't mention a name if I if I did mention the name a lot of you would know the name because it's somebody prominent in politics who just had a a loved one, um, in fact, mother pass away. Um, and I always say when I hear about those things happening right around Christmas time that that is in some ways it, it, the worst time it could happen because then every year you kind of relive that. But I'll tell you what, if you know that anyone who passed away during the season, some of you listening to me right now might have loved ones who passed away during the season, if you you know that if they passed away in Christ. Uh, they are experiencing Christmas literally every day because they are with Jesus. And Paul said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we still wanna want experience the, the joy of what this season really means to us. Now for me, because December 22nd is the day that I count as having accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, for me, the Christmas season always brings that up again, and you know, sometimes I wonder: is that the way God planned it? He planned for me to get saved right around Christmas, so that I would, I would always have Christmas as a as a big factor in my spiritual life, and it has. It's 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 become that. Uh, we celebrate Founder's Appreciation at my church, and we do it in December because that's the month in which I got saved, and so Christmas not only reminds me of the birth of Jesus Christ and, and sort of inspires us all to celebrate that and focus on that, but for me, it reminds me of my own spiritual birth as well, when I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So so it, it, it's, I think it's a good thing to try to focus on that which uplifts and inspires us, even though sometimes this season can have some tragedy involved in it. But we focus on that which inspires us and uplifts us and, uh, and celebrate the real meaning, the real purpose, uh, the real event, not some fantasy, not some myth, but the real event that took place in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born of a virgin, laid in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes because there was no room for him in the end. And now the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The angels told the shepherds, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I tell you, folks, we've got work to do here, and we're going to stay and get it done. But we've got something to look forward to that is beyond our wildest imagination and dreams. You know, the most important thing about what we have to look forward to is actually being with Jesus. You know, There's an old song I haven't heard it in a long time, but there's an old song that says, When I see Jesus, Amen. And really, that's that's pretty much the lyrics of the song. All of my troubles, all of my trials, all of my tribulations, all of my heartaches, heartaches will all be over when I see Jesus. Amen. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the season and uh, and hope, regardless of what the circumstance of your life might be, that you remember there's There's a cause for joy. That is so deep and so profound that all the trouble that this world tries to conjure up cannot take it away. As the song says, this joy you have, this joy we have, the world didn't give it, and the world cannot take it away. Now, look, talk about Christmas seasons that are going to have some somewhat bitter memories. This woman, Kim Potter, this former police officer in Minneapolis who is on trial. Uh, Of course, our trial will be over and the verdict probably rendered well before Christmas. But still, this is the Christmas season. She's on trial. Uh, And of course, this is First Amendment Friday, too, folks. So when I come back, I want to start taking your calls. 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. All topics are on the table. Uh, But I'll introduce this one first, because in my view, this former police officer, Kim Potter, should never have been charged with manslaughter. Yeah, she's the one who pulled a gun, rather than she thought she was pulling her taser. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back.
0: This is Viewpoints
2: with Kirby Anderson. We've all heard the phrase, seeing is believing. Unfortunately, that is no longer true due to the technological advances that make deepfakes so convincing. Two years ago, I wrote about how you could put someone's face on a video the way you can use Photoshop or Lightroom to put a face on a picture of someone's body. In the past, it took cutting-edge video technology to accomplish this. Now it is readily available and can even be purchased on the Internet. Michael Grotas writes about this in his book, Trust No One, Inside the World of Deep Fakes. His examples are a reminder that you shouldn't even believe everything you see. This technology can make it look like you commit a crime. This journalist asked a deep fake for hire to put together a clip of him committing a crime and was shocked to see how convincing the video was. He watched himself point a gun at a cyclist and told him to give up his backpack or die. It looked like his video-created self would have killed the man if passerbys had not interrupted. Deepfakes have also been used to make an innocent person appear in porn. Actresses like Addison Rae and Scarlett Johansson have been targeted this way through deepfake technology. Although they have tried to fight back, it seems like a losing battle. Now, some of the deep fakes are harmless. You can see Tom Cruise playing golf on TikTok. You can see Queen Elizabeth dancing and even flying through the air. Videos have been made of Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Boris Johnson, and Vladimir Putin. Unfortunately, these videos can be manipulated to have you say or do things you would never say or do in real life. They could easily be used to damage your reputation, and you could even lose your job. Sadly, I must agree with the title, Trust No One. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A
3: Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info/crt.
4: Hi, I'm Don Shank, bringing you today's global update from the Tide Ministry, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide in the languages people were born to speak. Christmas is right around the corner, and with all the joyful festivities, it's easy to get lost in the holiday shuffle and forget the true meaning of this season. As Christians, we need to remember that not only are we celebrating the birth of Christ, but also what he came here for, to save the lost and give them new life and hope This is why we at The Tide Ministry are more determined than ever to reach those who might not have heard the gospel message and tell them the truth about Jesus through our radio broadcasts and related ministry activities. We pray that every day, many across the globe are giving their lives to Christ as we gather together to celebrate the birth of our Savior who welcomes all who believe. To learn how you can join in prayer for more lives to be eternally impacted by hearing the good news of Christ in their own language, visit thetide.org. That's thetide.org.
0: When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not.net. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: We're back. The number's 888 589 8840 I want to start taking your calls during this segment. Let me just hit a couple of highlights. My view is that officer, former officer now Kim Potter, because she resigned within a couple of days after this incident, but well, she shouldn't have been charged. Fired, maybe. Yeah, maybe, because it's the kind of mistake that you probably just can't come back from because someone has lost his life in the process. And that that may be a mistake that professionally you just can't come back from. But putting her in jail, convicting her of manslaughter, to me, that's going too far. Because I've been watching some of the trial. This woman has an impeccable 26-year record as a police officer. No complaints never an an accusation of excessive use of force, never an accusation of of any racial animus or discrimination or hostility, nothing, an impeccable record. Training other officers, uh, she does not deserve to be on trial for her life because, of course, if she is convicted, that is effectively, um, well, it's not the end of her life. As Christians, of course, we can come back from anything, I don't know where she stands spiritually, but let's put it this way. It is a severe, in, in my view, unjust setback to a woman who has lived her life, apparently, impeccably, uh, in, from a professional perspective. So, but we'll see what the jury decides, hearing all of the evidence. And, uh, you know, we'll respect, I will respect, certainly, the verdict of the jury, but in my view, she should never have been put on trial in the first place. And I don't see how prosecutors do it. And why would you want to join a profession in which if you make an honest mistake, and remember, you're dealing with life or death situations, so an honest mistake could, yes, it could lead to a loss of life. But why would you want to join a profession in which if you make an honest mistake with, with no animus whatsoever, no evil intent, no wrong intent, that you not only lose your profession, but you lose your freedom? Or they're not that. That's a great recruitment slogan. Become a police officer. You could not only lose your profession, you could lose your freedom. Join us. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, that's this. The stuff has got to stop. The stuff of vilifying and attacking and undermining undermining police has just got to stop. Okay. Do you all know that uh, we we're looking at a major a potential onslaught of releasing people from the military. Because now there are tens of thousands who are refusing to have the shot, and it looks like, barring some intervention divine or judicial, uh, they're going to be kicked out of the military. And that that to me is a travesty. The Guatemalan president has slammed Joe Biden because he was not invited to to Biden's pro democracy summit, and he claims the reason why he was not provided is was not invited. I should say is that they are pro-life, they are a pro-life country, that abortion is not allowed in Guatemala, didn't know that. Uh, but if that's the case, or that that's, here again, it, it just goes to show the evil of these leftists today. So in other words, somebody who says we believe in pre- preserving and protecting the lives of unborn children, oh, well, you're not invited to our democracy summit Because no democracy would do such a thing. Well, the reality is, and we're going to have a guest on, it's going to be a few weeks, but we're going to have a guest on to talk about how we compare to other nations of the world. And I'll tell you why I brag about our country and comparing us to all the other nations. When it comes to abortion, folks, we don't do very well. Because our policies are more akin to communist China and North Korea than they are to most of the free nations in the earth. That's not good. And it's got to change. Um, Oh, wow. Here's, you know, this NYU faculty member um, has basically been saying to the so-called trans community that they are the cutting edge for transforming America into a communist society. Not making it up, folks. NYU faculty member says the trans community should be in the forefront of helping make America a communist nation. Yeah, thanks a lot. As if I didn't already have a problem with this whole homosexual transgender movement. But of course, we know that we know that they gravitate that way. Again, I don't know why, because I, I told you I'm reading a book on the French Revolution, and uh, toward the end of the book, one of their major patrons, toward the end of the French Revolution, the end of its cycle, but in fact, their most their their biggest patron, a wealthy couple. That had financed the revolution and supported it and the husband who had been on the council to vote for the execution of Louis XVI uh, and was there sitting, and, and by the way, Louis Sixteenth was his cousin and voted for his execution. You know how they rewarded them, don't you? Yeah, they executed them too. <laughs> yeah. So all these people who think, oh, if we just usher in the utopia we're looking for, oh, what, how wonderful it's going to be. They don't know. You unleash this madness on a nation and you bring out the monster in people who've already rejected God anyway. And as I've said many times, when you reject God, there is no limit to the depth of depravity to which a person will sink. Uh, Finally, I'll throw this out there. Kroger is um, stripping certain health care benefits from unvaccinated employees. Kroger. Hmm. Wow. But uh, this stuff is just, it just never ends. But on the other hand, Dr. Macari, who often appears on Fox news and on Newsmax, I think too, says we should call the, uh, the, uh, the Omicron variant, the Omicol variant. He said, because what we, the way we're responding is a pandemic of lunacy. He says, because it's, it's a mild infection. 888-589-8840. I think I'll stop there and try to get some of your calls in. In this segment, let's go to Thad in Texas. Thad, welcome.
3: Bishop, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, my dad Thank you, sir. My dad me on to AFR Radio a couple of weeks ago, and I never oh. knew I'd find it. Um, but Great. I've enjoyed Um But, you know, I think in light of all the stuff you're, that you're talking about and everything else that's going on, why don't we uh, – I'm going to share a little joy with you. Um, my church in uh, North Houston um, puts on a massive Christmas show every year. Didn't do it last year, obviously, because of uh,
0: the situation
3: in the country. But the most that I've ever seen, I think uh, that two years ago we had, through our age shows, we had 400 professions of faith um, through that wow. show, um, through us demonstrating, through fun and, and just Playing around all the way up to the birth of Jesus, and people seeing that and being moved by the Spirit in a way that, that as Christians is, is amazing. This year, this year we did eight shows, and we have a new pastor, um, and he had a vision, and we followed it. We start planning in January for shows in December, um, but this year, at the end of every service or every show lights were down in the audience, and he would come up and present the gospel, and he would ask everyone that prayed to accept Jesus to hold up the flashlight on their phone. And for me as a cast member, which we have over 600 people involved, standing on stage and seeing light after light after light, hundreds, hundreds every show, just popping in the air, just brought me to tears. Praise God! And our final number, um, and these are not just people who held up lights. These are people that went Received a Bible, prayed with our staff, uh, have followed up with 1,114 people.
1: Amen. to the Lord. Man. Praise and that God.
3: Idea, and these are lives, I know some of these people. These are lives that had rejected God that I know through conversation had no interest. But you cannot stop the power of the Holy Spirit when it's people played. <laughs>
1: Hey, Thad. Thank you so much for the call, brother. Man, that that is a great report, and you're right. There's nothing more joyous than hearing that people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ, because that is the ultimate safety and protection for all of us, isn't it? Thank you, Thad. Keep up the good work, down at Thad. Just keep up the good work down there in Texas. Let's go to Tommy in Georgia. Tommy, welcome.
5: Uh, get, get- Good afternoon, Mr. Jackson. Always a pleasure talking to you. A couple of things I was wanna add. Uh, you mentioned the uh, officer father. I agree hundred percent agree with you. I appreciate you not louding skin color, the uh, the blind your fact of what went on there, that young black man if he had been acting up, he didn't know that never would have been the occasion for any officer to get upset or excited or whatever. Right. Right. So he's to blame for his own demise, just as much as George Ford was to blame because he would not stand down when officers told him to do so. We, we as a people, we need to stop looking at skin color and start looking at action, and, and we'd be a whole lot more just.
1: Amen. Couldn't agree with you more, Tommy. Thank you so much for the call, brother. Yeah, look, I, I think the George Floyd situation, you're right. Had he not been passing counterfeit money, had he not been high on methamphetamine and fentanyl, uh, none of that would have happened. That doesn't excuse the officer who sat on his neck. He shouldn't have done that. But at some point, we've got to to require of everyone that they take responsibility for their own actions that put them in harm's way. And that's why you all have said, heard me say again and again again and again, you, you will never see me supporting a statue of George Floyd because he's not a hero. He's a tragic victim, yes, but a hero? No, he's not Rosa Parks. And this, to me, this stuff is insane to treat him like he's some kind of icon of of civil rights virtue. Like he was just minding his business and along came some racist cop and killed him. That's not the way it went down. And yeah, I believe that cop transgressed his authority and I think that he behaved unlawfully and of course he's in jail now, but George Floyd, was not without fault in that situation. All right, 888-589-8840.
6: We'll be back. It's my turn.
7: Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman.
6: Life is full of mysterious happenings some of the mysteries seem to occur at such a right time that many of them are called simply a coincidence such a coincidence perhaps one of the most famous of all times occurred to a man who has been called the greatest american who ever lived abraham lincoln it happened one day while abe was standing around on the front porch of the little country store that he and his partner a fellow by the name of Barry, ran up in illinois business was very poor Barry turned to Abe during the course of their conversation and asked Abe a question. How much longer do you think we can keep going? Abe answered him. Well, it looks like our business has just about winked out. You know, I wouldn't mind so much if we could sell everything we've got and pay all our bills and have just enough left over to buy one book, Blackstone's Commentary on English Law. But I guess I can't. About that time, a wagon drove up to the store. The man stopped the team and looked up at Abe. I'm trying to move my family west, and I'm out of money, he said. I've got a good barrel on here that I could sell for 50 cents. Abe gave the situation a good look. Then he reached into his pocket and pulled out what was, according to him, the last 50 cents I had, and gave it to the man. Well, the barrel sat on the porch all day long, and Barry made fun of Abe just about all of that time. Late that afternoon, Abe went over to where the barrel was and noticed some papers in the bottom. He put his long arm down and pushed the papers around until he hit something solid. He could tell by the way that it felt that it was a book. Abe pulled it out of the barrel and stood astonished. The book was the Commentary on English Law by Blackstone. Here are the words of Abe. I stood there holding the book, looking up toward the heavens. There came a deep impression on me that God had something for me to do, and he was showing me now that I had to get ready for it. And Abe did prepare himself mentally and spiritually for the great task that laid before him. Now, I know that there are those who say that that was just a coincidence, and it could have been just that or it could have been a coincidence with some divine planning behind it. Let us not rule that possibility out, for we cannot say that it was not any more than we can say that it was. There are a lot of mysteries like that one. Paul says that we should be stewards of the mysteries of God. And we should be, because it's true what William Cooper said. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He did then, and he does today.
7: This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Yes, yeah, since we ended uh, with me making commentary on uh, George Floyd... Uh, I think it's appropriate to mention that Dante Wright was not a good guy either. Uh, had he been and simply cooperated with the police officers, this tragic accident that Kim Potter is now on trial for would never have happened. And I, I am one of the few voices, and I'm not the only one, but but I am one of the few, and you'll hear more from others on this network, to say these young guys have got to be told— if you're going to resist arrest, if you're going to fight the police, if you're going to challenge the authority, it is not going to end well for you. Even if they're doing everything lawfully, you may lose your life. And once those situations begin to spin, they can easily spin out of control because it's an unpredictable, chaotic situation. But oh no, 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 no. It's always the police officer's fault. The police officer must have done something wrong, as as if the people that they're dealing with Out there are some sort of angelic beings who the police just decide they're going to execute and they're going to hurt. And it's simply not that way. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come back to your calls. It's First Amendment Friday, folks. So uh, this is a great time. If you've tried to call and have not been able to get through in the past, this is a great time to get through. 888-589-8840 because I'm going to be taking your calls for the rest of the program so let's come to Bobby in Arkansas. Bobby, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I am great. Bobby, how are you?
8: Listen, I, uh, first thing is is that when I get frustrated, I start telling people about American Family Radio to listen to it. <laughs> I tell them about the app. And I have turned on 10, 15 people that are, have thanked me. A couple of them have thanked me for telling about you guys.
1: Great. Anyway, Thank you.
8: The reason I'm calling is, is that I, I, the, it, I feel that China is influencing all of the networks. And i done some research, and I realized that Disney owns ABC and MSNBC and several. And then I found out that they're partners with China all over the world. Yep. And, and then, then I saw, I think, Comcast owns uh, CBS. I, this I got on the Internet. And all I could find there was they said, well, China's our future. So, so when I watch the news on the network, I I look at it from the light of China. It's given us our message. So I got up this morning and all I heard was bad news, gloom and doom on all the networks. All uh, oh, the COVID and the bad. And I and I'm your age and I've had COVID and doctors didn't do nothing for me, uh, but I survived it. And uh, I've actually been sicker, um, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to force my doctor to give me an antibiotic after 10 days. I had fever, slight fever for 10 days. First day they gave me the antibiotic, my fever went away, which tells me that I had a bacterial infection. And if I had done what they said and waited till I couldn't breathe, I'd probably been dead. Wow. But anyway, here or there. But I okay. want people to start seeing China as, yeah. or seeing our news as being influenced by China. That was the reason I called. And I'd well, love but- to meet you someday.
1: <laughs> well, listen, Bobby. I, I I hope we can do that. I was just out in Arkansas. What uh, I guess in October, and I'll be back out there again sometime soon. So maybe when I'm coming, you you'll be somewhere in the vicinity, and we can meet. But thank you for the call, Bobby. And look, you've probably heard me say, I could not agree with that more. That I, look, I believe we need to do a national security audit and find out just how far, how deeply, how widely. China has its tentacles in our system, in our economy, in our government, because I really believe that they're taking advantage of us as a free nation by paying their way into everything. As far as I'm concerned, the NFL, they ought to call themselves, you know, the, the, the China Football League. Uh, the same thing, NBA, same thing. They might as well to call themselves the, the Chinese NBA because they seem to be much more committed— to protecting and defending China than they are of protecting and defending our own country. They're more willing to go along with slamming and slandering America, racist, this, that, and the other, and giving China propaganda to use against us. So, yeah, I look, and I, I could not agree with you more. I, I think China, and now they're, of course, partnered up with Russia, and, and they're partnered up for no other reason. They don't have anything they don't have any love loss for each other, except they, they both systems hate us. And that's what they're now partnering about. How can they hurt us? How can they limit us? How can they diminish us? How can they marginalize the United States of America? Ultimately, folks, it may come down to how can they defeat us yeah, militarily or certainly convince us that we would have no chance against them militarily so they could then subjugate us. Uh, okay, let's thank, but thank you for the call. Let's go to David in North Carolina. David, welcome.
9: David, are you there? Hello, hello. Hi, David. Uh, not North Carolina, my brother in New Mexico.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, wait a minute. You said you are in North Carolina? I, I didn't catch that.
9: No, no. Uh, I'm over here in New Mexico at this moment.
1: Oh, you're in New Mexico now. Oh, okay. Yes, but what are you from, North here. Carolina?
9: No, no, no. I have family over there. Uh, I oh, kept, uh, oh, okay. Young, okay, the young David. Lady, the young lady heard something else. Anyway, I want to say to you...
1: Hey, David, David, uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, on, are you listening to me in New Mexico? Yes, sir. O- on the radio? Uh,
9: I was, but a young lady told me to turn down the, the radio so it won't be... Oh, affected. okay.
1: But, okay. So, so, okay. All right, good. Well, that's good to hear because we don't get many calls from New Mexico, but I'm glad to hear from you. Now, go right ahead, David.
9: I was going to say shalom, and God bless you, my brother. I'm a Messianic, Jewish, (laughs) Mexican-American. Amen. Amen, David. I've I've heard everything that you've done, and uh, what you proclaim, brother, it's it's pure gospel. And I've got a Christmas present for you and the audience and everyone else. But that'll be in just a little bit. Uh, Everything (laughs) that you're saying, my brother, it's all based on justice and truth. And we know that Yeshua... Well, you, you call him Jesus. We know that he is all truth, right? Amen. And
1: I know he's Yeshua, too. Yeah, but you're right. All yeah. truth.
9: Okay, my brother. Here's my present. Uh, if you go back to the seven feasts, which he promoted in the Ten Commandments, but mostly the feasts, do you know, are you familiar with Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles? Yes. Okay. He was born in the Feast of Tabernacles, and I'll prove it to you. This is homework for everybody who has an ear, and they are listening.
1: All right. Now, David, how, how long is this proof going to take?
9: No, no. <laughs> real quick. All okay, real quick. Go back, go, go back and read when Zechariah went to offer. You, you go six months later when Yeshua was born, and you get roughly the last week of September and the first week of October. But that's for homework for everybody else to do. To go back in the scriptures and read. So, anyway.
1: David, th- thank you for the call. Thank you for the gift of some homework. To check out when Jesus Christ was born and I'm sure everybody will do that uh, I, I do think the most important thing is he was born and hey David thank you brother and I agree with you he is Yeshua Yamashiach, Jesus the Messiah Jesus the Lord Christ we all are talking about the same one <laughs> and that's what ultimately matters thank you for the call my friend Let's see. Let's go to Alan in Kansas. Alan, welcome. Uh, hi. Yeah.
10: So hi. first, let me open up with a quote. Those who give up freedom for safety will find that they have neither. Okay. Yeah. So I've been hearing people saying, oh, they're bound down to – uh, communism bound down to Democrats, bound down to China. You know what? I'm wondering if there's a bit of truth to, you, uh, to that because, you know, it, it just seems like there's a, a bunch of problems with uh, Democrats specifically. I mean, if you look around, you're going to find that, you know, some of the uh, cities and states that have started to defund the police and uh, mm-hmm. kind of cuff the police a bit, they're finding spikes in crime, right? Yep. And there, there's a bunch of laws and regulations and a bit more, and if you look at certain cities, you're going to see that the tax rate is you know, extremely high as well, as well as the you know, abundant increase in crime due to the lax laws and regulations concerning such. I mean, they're no longer prosecuting certain crimes. And so That's criminals right. feel emboldened to do whatever they want.
1: And those who commit crimes, Alan, they're, they're letting them out. They, they charge them, let them out often without bail. And we've seen a whole raft of situations where violent criminals go out and commit another violent crime. And, of course, the first question the public asks is, why was this person not in jail in the first place? So, look, you you are absolutely right. I think, I don't think this is being caused by China, but I think China is taking advantage of the situation because they know that the people who are doing this are people who have more affinity for communism than they do for Americanism. We'll be back.
4: too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio have no fear because the AFR app is here download the app to have access to live broadcast music streaming as well as each podcast whether you're at work at home or on the go it's easy to listen to AFR the AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku download the AFR app today at afr.net
11: A vacation with a purpose. Hello everyone, I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's gonna be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com.
7: Whenever you see a teenager who's really snarly and is piercing everything she can find, I see a small little girl mm. on the inside, balled up in a fetal position wow. going, please mom help me.
2: This is Focus on the Family Minute with Dr. Meg Meeker.
7: Because every teenage girl that has gotten into a lot of trouble by the time she's a senior, they'll say, you know, nobody cared to listen, nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. And so what girls crave, and it's hard for parents to hear, is the simple things. Yeah. They want you to look at them and listen and let them know you want their company You're not always running off to work. You're not always running off to the gym. And I mean
3: something to you.
7: And I mean something. And so not just that I love you, but that I like you, and I want to hear what you have to say. Hear more
2: from Dr. Meeker today at FamilyMinute.org.
0: Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. It's First Amendment
1: Friday. We're trying to make it your calls throughout the program. So, without any commentary, let's come right back to the phones here, and we've got Brian in Kansas. Brian, welcome.
8: Hey, it's nice to talk hey, to you, Brian. I, uh, just just a little background. I, I work as a um, I work as a tire tech with Love's Travel co- Travel Store. I, I, I meet people all over the world all the time. I love okay. promoting your, your station for the drivers listening to the radio all day long. Thank you.
9: Um, but
8: I have an opposing view towards the idea that officers can make these mistakes without consequences. I, uh, okay. I personally have had to go to bat and <clears throat> defend myself against an officer that's made a mistake and infringed upon my rights. So when I hear about officers making a mistake that cost a life, do I think that they should automatically, you know, I don't think they should reach the harshest penalties. No, they are on the front line. They do a very rough job. Yeah. But I also believe that they applied for that job. I believe that, you know, they went to the academy, they applied for the job, they woke up, they put on their utility belts, they put on their, their bulletproof vests. I got and you they line. put themselves on the line.
1: Well, look. L- let me let me ask you this question because let's get to the heart of the matter. Because I don't disagree with you that even an accident can, must should have some consequences, particularly where you can show whether the person behaved negligently or maybe even recklessly. Maybe they didn't intend to do harm, but they should have behaved in a different way that would have lessened or prevented the harm that they caused. The question here, though, is: Do you think Kim Potter should go to jail for this?
8: I do not think that she should go to jail. maybe not maybe not the harshest penalty at all. i I actually respect yeah. her decision to resign after she did what she did. Yeah, you know, yeah. Cause if it was an honest mistake, it's still a mistake, and it's a mistake that cost someone their life. And if she right. is a good officer and has a good heart, then she would remove herself from ever doing something like that again.
1: Yeah, she did that. And I, I said, I think, I think her losing her profession, uh, because that's a mistake that you really, you don't come back from that, in, in my, from my perspective at least. But putting someone in jail, because here's, here's my concern, Brian. First of all, you know, the law usually looks for mens rea, which is that you intend to do harm. If you and I as civilians cause the death of a person accidentally, and no one can prove that there was any ill will or any malice involved. Let's say you just, you know, you, there's a hole in your property and you you did you fail to fix it and you plan to do it. You never, somebody trips, hits their head, they die. They're not going to put you in jail for that because you didn't intend to hurt anybody. But you might end up liable for it because, you know, you were reckless or maybe negligent and you should have gotten that hole fixed or or what have you. So I think that officers should be in the same position. Who wants to join the police force if what you offer to them is if you do make a mistake, which human beings are prone to do, and since those mistakes can be in life or death situations, and you therefore could cause the death of someone or serious injury, you will not only lose your job, but you will lose your freedom and be put in jail. I mean, that's that's not a very good recruitment tool. But, Brian, thank you so much for the call, and thanks for supporting the network. I wanted to have you on. I thought that you had a different view- viewpoint, and I, I don't think that anything you've said is anything I disagree with, frankly, because I think you're right. I think where, where things happen that cause serious injury to people, there has to be some kind of consequences, but I don't think we should be putting officers in jail for honest mistakes in which they didn't in turn intend to cause the harm. Okay, let's go to, you've been waiting very patiently. Let's go to Timothy in Oklahoma. Timothy, welcome.
12: Hello, Bishop. We appreciate you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, sir. How about you?
12: I'm doing pretty good. I got the victory today, and um, roofing. First of all, I want to say that I have a friend named Kenny Pollock. his sister, Sheila Pollack. Would, uh, she said she'd much rather have you as president than Joe Biden. <laughs> and uh, Well, my, I listen, question, I, I um,
1: appreciate um, that. Um,
12: my comment is, in question is this. Um, I don't want to demonize anyone, uh, but of course Paul in the New Testament, he points out you know, the um, the idol maker and the, the metal worker that did him much harm and things like that. And he said, mark those which cause division among you. Uh, I have a question about John MacArthur. Uh, there's a video on YouTube, and uh, my pastor who was a uh, – well, anyways, this man, John MacArthur – He's a well-known writer, correct? And a pastor? Oh, we,
1: oh, yeah. I know John MacArthur is. Everybody does, sure.
12: All right. Uh, he said a statement about how, because he believes in unconditional election, and he's basically once saved, always saved. I think he's a five-point Calvinist. He stated that a man can receive the mark of the beast and still be saved. And I just wanted to point out in Revelation fourteen nine, it says that, you know, if any man receives the mark of the beast or worships his image, James shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Is this man—should we follow him? Like, is there room for that? This is the same question I asked, uh, you know, uh, Alex yeah. McFarlane and uh, the, the other man, uh, Bert Harper. I asked them, is there room for Calvinism in Christianity if it leads people away? If it's wrong, is there room for that?
1: Hey, Timothy, thank you so much for the call. Merry Christmas. I, I would say this. Um, I'm not a supporter or a follower of John MacArthur because he said some things over the years that I don't particularly agree with. Uh, You know, I I don't want to really get into a doctrinal debate because I have to look at everything the man says in this context and and see how it all fits in. But I will say this to all of you, uh, do what the Bereans did, search the scriptures and see whether these things be so. And you all have heard me say this, if people are not preaching and teaching the word of God is set forth in the Bible, uh, I'm sorry, I'm tuning out, whoever they might be. Alright, so I don't want to make this a personal attack on a particular preacher, but whoever they might be. Uh let's thank you for the call to Timothy. We do appreciate appreciate your patience and waiting too. Let's go to Frank in Kentucky. Frank, welcome.
5: Hi brother. How you doing? I am
1: blessed, I'm Frank.
5: Welcome. We are blessed, right? We woke up this morning. Thank, you, thank God, for that. I wanted to I just thought about that lady, uh the police lady that she had an accident. Uh I thought that could they wear or that taser someplace else on their body instead of they will, to keep down mistakes like that.
1: Well, you know, Frank, else they, else? Frank, Frank, according to the trial, and I'll still I'm going to let you still talk, but they used to wear it on their left. She apparently was wearing it on her hip, and there's yeah. some question about that, but that that was within regulation. But but you're right. I think they're going to have to go back to how they train people on this stuff. So that it's practically impossible for somebody to make that mistake. But go ahead.
5: Right, just keep it somewhere else. You know, maybe somebody could wear it somewhere else, hear because you you gotta have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, so an that's easy, and it's the taser shaped like a gun. I mean. Yeah. That's it's an easy mistake to make, in my view, particularly in the heat of the moment.
5: Right up up around you, uh, up up around you. Uh, your, your, your shoulder or somewhere up there or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you can re- reach, you can reach it with your le- right or left hand around your shoulder.
1: Well, Frank, I'm sure that these are the issues that a lot of police departments are going to be grappling with, particularly in light of this case. Uh, but I think you raise a good point. Look, fact, look, folks, the f- the 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 fact that and Frank, thank you for the call. The fact that I support law enforcement officers doesn't mean i think they're perfect i'm not you're not nobody is and it doesn't mean that training can't be enhanced that that they can't do a better job and, and certainly we want our police officers to do a better job i guarantee there'll probably be a lot of adjustments in police departments across the nation as a result of this case to make sure that you you can't pull your taser thinking as you can't pull your gun thinking that you're pulling a taser All right, let's continue to get your calls in, to get as many in here as we can, folks, on First Amendment Friday. Let's go to Dennis in Mississippi. Dennis, welcome.
13: Hello, Brother Jackson. How are you doing today?
1: I am blessed, Dennis. Hope you are, too.
13: Oh, I'm wonderfully blessed. I just wanted to thank you so much for your show, for bringing on all the guests to inform us about present-day situations, especially about the jab. And uh, I also want to give a heads of, uh thanks to um, Mickey, who made a profound statement: said that the Holy Spirit convicts you about something, stay convicted. Amen. And I <laughs> took that and ran with it. And I'm so glad uh, I'll never take the jab. Uh, but I just wanted to call to Amen. encourage you uh, to let uh, AFA audiences to know that not only you are are a great talk show host. I listen to you on the weekends uh, as a preacher. And you're a well, much better you. preacher than you're a talk show host. I don't <laughs> mean that condescendingly, but you're a wonderful preacher. And well, everybody thank you. Should Dennis. Be in.
1: Thank uh, you very much, my friend. Pre-
13: yes, appreci- and uh, just yeah. one more thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was up for years, ever since Biden took over, and the Lord really had settled my spirit to remind me that uh, he's in control and that uh, his plan will be followed no matter what. And it was just my job to trust him, follow him, obey his commandments. And nothing has changed concerning my life. And that means to tell everybody about Jesus because the time is short.
1: Dennis, thank you so much for the call, my friend. Dennis, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for the call. We're almost at the end. I'm trying to get one person in here, one more, at least one more, who's been waiting very patiently. Seth in Missouri. Seth, welcome.
14: Hey, W, my uh, kids beg me to call you. They listen to you every day. I have seven (laughs) children. We homeschool, and uh, they probably know your voice better than mine. But uh, anyway, I was (laughs) I doubt that, but thank uh, you. Thank you,
1: Seth. Thank you.
14: <laughs> they, they, uh, anyway, their uncle, uh, who's 39 years old, uh, just recently was diagnosed with very, very severe uh, cancer that's spreading very mm. fast. And he was, he was vaccinated uh, 10 months ago. So, you know, the doctors would never say the vaccine caused it or this or that. But I'm saying I've known a lot of people recently that have had medical problems um, that yeah. don't make sense. And then you look at when were they vaccinated, and it seems to be that it could be causing some immune system damage. And my own father um, has had many skin infections, where you know these dangerous staph infections called MRSA. Where before he never Seth,
1: had. Seth, that Seth, that that's going to do it. I, I I don't know whether you can hear the bumper music, but I'm getting the cue that I've only got a few seconds. But Seth, thank you and thank your children for me. Tell them I am elated to know that they're listening, um, that they should listen first to their dad. (laughs) Folks, that's going to do it. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.